The following program is a special presentation from Owens Community College Radio. Scientists at the National Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta today released the results of a study which shows that the lifestyle of some male homosexuals has triggered an epidemic of a rare form of cancer. A mystery disease known as the gay plague has become an epidemic unprecedented in the history of American medicine. Acquired immune deficiency syndrome, once thought to affect only promiscuous homosexual males, AIDS is now spreading in epidemic proportions to other segments of the population. Larry Kramer was a founder of ACT UP, a group that used raucous tactics demanding faster development of drugs. And yet most of the country doesn't know about this cancer. Legion. Well, I think it's because it's a gay cancer. This is not a political issue. This is a health issue. This is not a gay issue. This is a human issue. And I do not, I came here today in the hope that my epitaph would not read that I died of red tape. White House officials felt that the president had to speak out. Even his own doctor, John Hutton, urged Mr. Reagan to pay more attention to the problem. Our battle against AIDS has been like an emergency room operation. We've thrown everything we have into it. We've declared AIDS public health enemy number one. It is about health, about attitudes, about looking at life in these United States. And we begin with the story of Ryan White. Five years ago, just before Christmas, Ryan White was told he had AIDS and became a pariah among his Playmates. I became known as the AIDS boy. It was my decision to live a normal life, go to school, be with friends, and enjoy day-to-day activities. He died today. He was 18 years old. This huge quilt that today is being spread out on the Capitol Mall in Washington has 2,000 panels, everyone crafted by the friends and relatives of an AIDS victim. We want to show the President and the Congress and the rest of the country the enormity of this epidemic. And with our quilt, we hope to show that enormity by providing people with a glimpse of the face that are behind all of the statistics. Because of uh, the HIV virus that I have attained, uh, I will have to retire from the Lakers. Today marks the date, 40 years ago, that American researchers first described a mysterious illness in five gay men. It was an emerging epidemic that would come to be known as AIDS. In San Francisco this morning, a wreath was laid under the redwoods of the National AIDS Memorial, dedicated to the more than 700,000 Americans who have died from the disease. While there is still no cure, new treatments have made it possible to live with AIDS rather than just die with it. John Blackstone joins us now from San Francisco. 40 years later, are you struck by any parallels as we live through a pandemic caused by a new virus? Well, indeed, many things are the same, but one big difference is that unlike COVID, it took years for symptoms of AIDS to appear, which is why the virus spread so widely before it was first detected 40 years ago. It took musicians, actors, dancers, but it also took writers and bankers and lawyers and sons and daughters and best friends. Day in and day out, the disease got worse because we did nothing. Too many forgot about compassion and decency, and so millions and millions of people perished from AIDS. Hello, everybody. My name is Dr. Jay Thomas. I am the host of Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show on Owens Community College Radio every Thursday at 1 p.m., and you can catch the program different points in time throughout the week as well on the station. We're all over the place. <laughs> we, we really, really are. Of course, we couldn't do that show without the support of you, the fans, uh, the donors, the supporters, everybody who is behind what we do at Owens Community College Radio. It really means the world to us. And 
to a certain degree, that's part of the reason why I'm here today speaking to all of you about um, what I'm here to talk about. Today, I'm not coming to you as Dr. J. Thomas, host of Toledo's only vinyl radio show. Uh, today, I'm coming to you as Joe Smith. Yes, that is my real name. <laughs> that is not a joke, okay? And the reason that is, is because I want to get serious for a little while here. You see, today, December 1st, it's World AIDS Day. And what that is, is that it is um, a day to bring awareness to the disease that took a lot of lives. A lot of very famous people were victims of its effects, not just in music and film, but in sports and everyday lives of, I guess, normal people, as some would like to say. You know, people like you and I who go to work every day and drive home and complain about traffic and complain about the weather and complain about gas prices and everything else under the sun, right? Well, another thing that I would like to bring to your attention is not only is this a day to bring awareness to it, but this is a day that... Um, has held special significance for me since, well, the summer of 2017. You see, Wednesday afternoon, June 7th of 2017, just before 1.30 p.m., I received a diagnosis of my status, and I discovered at that point that I was now knowingly living with HIV. And I say knowingly living with because that was when I was diagnosed. I don't know exactly when it was that I acquired it. <clears throat> I have a general idea. I'm not going to lie, but I don't know for sure. Okay. I wasn't always the safest person out there. And I did a lot of things looking back now that, uh, well, didn't exactly speak too highly of me in that area. <laughs> and uh, let's face it, uh, I got really, really, really lucky and blessed for a very long time. And I guess you could say to a certain degree, I kind of took it for granted. I thought, well, I've gotten to this point in my life and it's gotten me this far. I don't need to worry about anything. Because at that point in time, when I was diagnosed... I was about three and a half months or so from turning 35 years old. And I looked at it and went, well, I lived through my 20s, lived through my early 30s. It's cake from here. Yeah. And then I got a slap in the face and realized, hey, guess what? <laughs> You're still human. And that's what happened. And it was scary. And there was a lot of unknown. And there was a lot of fear. And there was a lot of, what if I had done this differently? What if I had done that differently? And I couldn't, I couldn't think that way anymore. But I was. And I came from a different generation. You know, I was born in 1982. Pretty much at the start of a lot of the AIDS crisis. And if uh, you are let's say uh, an individual who was born after 
I don't know, 1998, 1999, and your younger years were spent in the mid to latter part of the 2000s, you may not be aware of this beyond what you read in the history books, whether it be in the libraries, online, some of the things you may have seen in archival news reports. But there was a point in time when living with HIV slash AIDS was considered a death sentence. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when you were going to succumb to complications. And a lot of people did. We lost pretty much an entire generation of people. And it was sad. And it was depressing. And it changed the way that a lot of people lived their lives. I came up during that generation. I remember sitting with my dad watching the Freddie Mercury tribute concert where David Bowie got on his knee and did the Lord's Prayer in front of a stadium full of sold-out people at Wembley Stadium. I remember the day that Magic Johnson held his press conference. I remember a lot of that. And so when I was diagnosed in June of 2017, I had to do a lot of thinking about what if and when. In a very, very nice, kind, and compassionate individual at the Lucas County Health Department, who I was sitting in front of at this point in time, kind of brought me back into reality. And she said, hey, 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 listen, a lot has changed. You can live with it now. It's no longer a terminal illness. It's what's considered a chronic manageable condition. And I looked at her like a chronic manageable condition. How is that possible? <laughs> I didn't know. You know, I'm not a medical professional, although I've seen one on TV a couple times. I didn't know. So she starts explaining, yeah, you know, you can you know, take a pill and, uh, or a couple, three different pills, what have you, and live with it. You know, you'll live. And if you do it right, you'll live a long, full, fruitful life. And I thought she was crazy. Turns out she was right. As of this past June, 2022, I have been living with it knowingly for five years, and I have been referred to as what is, quote, undetectable since early to mid part of 2018. Now, what is undetectable? Well, what that is, is that when you're diagnosed and even with follow-up doctors, uh, visits, exams, blood draws, what have you. Your viral load is always taken to see where you're at, what can be done to keep the viral load low, so on and so forth. If your viral load is high, that means that you have a high amount of copies of the virus in your blood that can wreak havoc 
on your immune system and your body and make you susceptible to opportunistic infections, such as thrush, which I have had um, a total of three times that I can recall. If your immune system numbers get particularly low, then you become even more susceptible to different types of cancers and your whole body just basically shuts down. And I spoke a little bit ago about living with thrush. When I was diagnosed in June of 2017, I had a viral load number of around 67 or 68,000 copies of the virus per milliliter. And my CD4 number was 12 points away from falling into the threshold of developing AIDS. The threshold is 200 or below for your CD4 number. I was sitting at 212. Had I gotten there any later to be tested, who knows what would have happened. Talk about a wake-up call. So when I became undetectable, they had their work cut out for them. And there was a point in time where I plateaued and they couldn't get the number down. And it got a little scary for a second. But they eventually did. And I've been undetectable ever since. The reason why they want to get you undetectable, outside of you living a fruitful life and keeping your viral count low and keeping your body healthy, so that way you don't pass it on to others. Once you are undetectable, you are referred to as untransmittable. You equals you. In the country of Canada, you know, that little place to the north of us, it's actually endorsed in their country. That's a true story. You can Google it. Go ahead. I'll give you a minute. Let me take a sip of coffee. Hang on. Yeah, it's true. Canada has endorsed U equals U. It's amazing. The different types of advancements that we have made regarding the treatments of HIV and AIDS is astounding. But there's still a lot of work to do. And there's still a lot of ignorance, unfortunately. And part of that ignorance does lie, I believe, in the misunderstanding of what actually it was. There was a point in time in our culture, in our society, where it was believed that only those who were in the LGBTQIA community were the ones that were getting this disease. And regardless of how much evidence was put out there to dispute this, it stayed that way for a very, very, very long time. And a lot of discrimination took place because of it. A lot of people faced uphill battles 
not so much medically that goes without saying but socially and culturally to keep from being looked at as a second or third class citizen because they lived with a debilitating disease and that is a sad sad state of affairs i've been discriminated against i've been looked at differently because of it and it's not fun and it's a situation that I believe, again, going back to World AIDS Day, helps bring awareness to it, better understanding of not just living with it, but what those who live with it have to deal with and face. It's not all about doctor's visits and test results and viral loads and CD4s and, you know, keeping this under control or that under control or keeping your medication on schedule, anything like that. There's a lot more to it than that. And there is a psychological effect that goes along with it, not just living with it medically, but living with it socially. And we have a lot more acceptance than we ever have before, but we still have a long, long way to go. Do you know that today, as I sit here and speak to all of you, since I was diagnosed five years ago, a new medication has hit the market that you no longer have to take a pill every day. Okay. And you have to keep it on time too, because otherwise it could throw everything off. There's a new medication that allows you to not have to take a pill at all. It's a shot, just a shot. And instead of worrying about having to take it every day, it's every month or every two months, and you go to a doctor's office and get it, you can make it a part of your day. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go do some Christmas shopping. Ah, yeah. And uh, while I'm getting that hot chocolate, I'm going to go get my shot. That's where we've come to. Like, it's so much easier to get treated now. And you can live with it and live your full, long life. And today, World AIDS Day, it's a day to bring knowledge, understanding, compassion, and love to those who not only still live with it, but those who we have lost. HIV and AIDS doesn't just affect those who are diagnosed. It affects those who are with those as well who are diagnosed. The boyfriends, the girlfriends, the life partners, the family members, the grand family members, everybody, friends, family, you name it. It affects everyone. It's not just a gay disease or a bisexual disease, LGBTQ. It's a human disease. And it's one that while we are closer than we ever have been to a cure, we are still more ignorant than ever about its existence and non-compliant about its seriousness. 1996 brought us the triple cocktail and it brought us the ability to be able to live with it instead of it being a terminal illness. And 
I don't know if looking back, that wasn't a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Because for a while, we didn't take it seriously because of the fact that we can live with it now. And look at what happened. The numbers went up. Now people are taking it more seriously. And now we just have one more step to take. And that is a cure. And I, Joe Smith, a.k.a. Dr. J. Thomas, host of Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show on Owens Community College Radio. Cheap plug there. (laughs) I hope I live long enough to see the cure because it will be life-changing. And I hope all of you live long enough to see it as well. Empty spaces, what are we living for? Abandoned places, I guess we know the score. On and on, does anybody know what we are looking for? Another hero, another mindless crime. Behind the curtain In the pantomime Hold the line Does anybody want to take it anymore?
Gassaway, Ray Greenwood, Bob Kissel, David Lynch. The preceding was a special presentation from Owens Community College Radio, keeping the community connected.